The Zodiac is one of the most elusive and unusual serial killers in American history. Known for his bizarre, rambling handwritten letters, the Zodiac sent baffling ciphers, quoted musical lyrics, taunted police, and threatened to shoot school children. Unlike most serial killers, the Zodiac called police to report his crimes and wore a hooded costume featuring his chosen symbol, the crossed circle. The Zodiac wounded two people and killed at least five others during the period between December 1968 and October 1969. More letters, postcards, and other clues continued until 1971 when the Zodiac apparently disappeared. In January 1974, the San Francisco Chronicle newspaper received another letter which hinted at suicide and described the classic horror film The Exorcist as the best satirical comedy. Hoax letters continued over the years, but the infamous Zodiac appeared to have vanished into the history books, and a legend was born. Decades later, the popular image of the Zodiac transformed into a criminal genius and expert marksman who claimed dozens of victims and escaped justice because law enforcement agencies refused to cooperate. This mythical Zodiac became the public version of the story, and the remaining confusion surrounding unanswered questions fueled ongoing speculation. Books, television documentaries, movies, and websites provided conflicting and unreliable accounts while promoting various theories and suspects. The facts were often lost as the unsolved mystery continued to fascinate and haunt the minds of curious crime buffs. The legend of the Zodiac Killer is based on many popular myths, but the facts tell a very different story. The night that she was killed, she had told my mom, remember that killing I told you about a few years ago? Well, it's going to be in the paper tomorrow, so don't be surprised. She doesn't tell her story because she ends up dead. She was deliberate. She was the key to this whole thing. The prime suspect in the case who knew all the victims, who stalked them. But I don't know of any evidence at all that Manson was connected with Zodiac. I realized the police departments of the different counties were not sharing. That's just a bunch of bullshit. We all work together. This is Zodiac A to Z. Ten Zodiac Myths Debunked Myth number 10 The Zodiac was an expert marksman The popular portrait of the Zodiac depicts the killer as an expert marksman. Books, television shows, and websites often cite the killer's shooting skills as evidence that he may have received some military training with weapons. 
author Robert Graysmith wrote in his 1986 book Zodiac that the first Zodiac crime at Lake Herman Road was an example of, quote, incredible marksmanship. The television crime series America's Most Wanted listed details about the killer, which included the description, expert marksman with possible military training. The Zodiac shot five victims in three different attacks. In the first shooting, the killer shot one victim in the head at point-blank range. Another victim was shot five times in the back as she was trying to run away. In the second attack, the killer walked up to a parked car and opened fire on the victim sitting inside. In the third shooting, the killer shot the victim in the head at point-blank range. These shootings did not demonstrate any particular skill with weapons beyond the ability to point the gun and pull the trigger. Graysmith told readers that victim Betty Lou Jensen was shot five times in a tight pattern in the upper right portion of her back. The autopsy report and photographs taken of the victim's body at the morgue proved that the wounds actually began at the lower back and continued upward to her right shoulder in a pattern which was not tight but scattered across her back. During the shooting at Blue Rock Springs Park, the killer shot two victims in a parked car. Michael Majot was closest to the gun but he survived despite being shot in the jaw. This shooting did not require any skill. Victims David Faraday and Paul Stein were both shot in the head at point-blank range in shootings which did not demonstrate or require any special skills with a weapon. The Zodiac may have had some military training with weapons, and he may have been a skilled marksman, but the evidence does not indicate that the killer was an expert or that he had received any special training. Myth number nine. The Zodiac crime scenes form a giant radian angle. In June 1970, a Zodiac letter included a code which was accompanied by a map of the Bay Area with a crossed circle drawn over the peak of Mount Diablo. In another letter, the Zodiac wrote, The Mount Diablo code concerns radians and inches along the radians. In 1980, theorist Gareth Penn claimed that the Zodiac crimes formed a giant radian angle on the surface of the Earth. In his book, Time 17, Penn wrote that his father had worked for the California Department of Justice and told him about an unpublished clue that authorities would find, quote, something interesting if they placed a radian on Mount Diablo, located in Contra Costa County, east of Berkeley, in Northern California. Penn wrote that he drew a radian on a map of the Bay Area, with the apex centered on the peak of Mount Diablo. With one leg of the angle fixed on the crime scene at Blue Rock Springs Park, and the other leg fixed on the location of the last known Zodiac murder in San Francisco. According to Penn, these crime scenes formed one radian. A radian is an angle valued between 57 and 58 degrees, defined as an angle 
subtended by an arc of a circle, equal in length to the radius of a circle. The radian is the usual unit of measurement in higher mathematics. However, in applications of mathematics to surveying and navigation, the degree is more commonly used. The term radian is a contraction of the words radius angle. The zodiac wrote that his code and map concerned radians. In mathematics, radians are not always measured in full units. Instead, radians can be measured in any numerical value. The zodiac's clues did not concern a single radian, but more than one radian, as in radians plural. Penn's single radian theory also failed to account for the Zodiac's instructions regarding the Mount Diablo map and code, which concerned radians and a number of inches along the radians. The Zodiac's map illustrated the Bay Area, including San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland, and the southern portion of Vallejo. The border of this map falls just north of the crime scene of the Zodiac's first attack on Lake Herman Road which is clearly visible at the top of the map. Blue Rock Springs Park, the scene of the second Zodiac attack, is not visible on this map and would appear just above its northern border. The only other Zodiac crime scene visible on this map is the intersection of Washington and Cherry Streets in San Francisco, the scene of the murder of cab driver Paul Stein on October 11, 1969. If the Zodiac's map, code, and radians clues pertain to Blue Rock Springs Park, the Zodiac's map would be of little assistance in deciphering his clues. A killer who wanted the map to assist someone in finding a location would most likely select a map which included that location. None of the Zodiac letters included the suggestion that authorities would find something interesting if they placed a radian on the peak of Mount Diablo. Penn incorrectly stated that the shooting took place at the Blue Rock Springs golf course, but the crime occurred across the street from the golf course at the parking lot of Blue Rock Springs Park. Penn incorrectly measured his radian when using the incorrect location of the golf course. The correct locations formed an angle measured at approximately 60 degrees, far more than a radian. Penn's locations, measurements, and conclusions were incorrect, and the crime scenes did not form a radian. But his radian claim was repeated in popular books by crime author Colin Wilson and endorsed by many others, including myself. Other amateur sleuths later adapted the radian myth to suit their own theories. In his book, Most Evil, Retired Los Angeles police detective Steve Hodell used the Radian theory to support his claim that his father was responsible for the Zodiac crimes, the Black Dahlia murder, the Chicago lipstick killings, and many other unsolved crimes. Dennis Kaufman also used the Radian myth to accuse his stepfather. Another amateur sleuth later claimed that Gareth Penn was responsible for the Zodiac crimes. According to Gareth Penn's theory, the peak of Mount Diablo, the crime scene in San Francisco, and the crime scene in Vallejo all formed a radian angle between 57 and 58 degrees, 
but the correct measurements prove that the angle formed by these locations is at least 60 degrees. The zodiac's map and radian clues may concern a geometric construction using geographic locations on a map, but the facts debunk Gareth Penn's radian theory. Myth number eight. The Zodiac crimes were committed by copycat killers or were part of a hoax. In his book, The Annals of Unsolved Crime, famed JFK assassination researcher Edward J. Epstein wrote that the lack of any matching evidence at the Zodiac crime scenes or in the letters proved that one person could not have been responsible for all four of the Zodiac crimes and the Zodiac letters. According to Epstein, the Zodiac suspect Arthur Lee Allen could have been responsible for the first two attacks, but a copycat or copycats were responsible for the stabbing at Lake Berryessa and the murder of a cab driver in San Francisco. Epstein further stated that one or more persons had committed the Zodiac crimes while a different person wrote the Zodiac letters. According to Epstein, the letter writer was a journalist or a police officer who had to have access to police files and information about the crimes. Epstein's theory worked backward from the preconceived notion that Arthur Lee Allen must have been the Zodiac and then discarded and dismissed evidence which conflicted with his assumptions. Epstein's certainty of Allen's guilt appeared to be based on an eyewitness identification of the suspect. On the night of July 4, 1969, Michael Majot and Darlene Farron were sitting in a parked car at Blue Rock Springs Park when a man appeared and flashed a bright light into their vehicle. Shots rang out and Michael and Darlene were both wounded. Majot later told police that he did not get a look at the shooter and only caught a brief profile view glimpse as the man was walking away. Vallejo detective Ed Rust interviewed Majot at the hospital three days after the shooting, and he did not believe that Majot could identify the killer. More than two decades later, retired Vallejo police detective George Boward met with Michael Majot at the Ontario airport on August 16, 1991. Bauert displayed a collection of photographs featuring several men, including Zodiac suspect Arthur Lee Allen. In 2007, I was asked about this issue during a question-and-answer session at the premiere of director John Mikulenka's documentary film, Hunting the Zodiac. Is it a fact that Mike Michaud picked out Arthur Lee Allen? When you showed a photograph of Arthur Lee Allen, is it a myth or is it true that he said, yes, that's the man who shot me? It's true. The problem is, is that the way that that's usually described is, that's him, that's the man that shot me, and that's it. What actually happened was, he said, that's him, that's the man that shot me. And they said, are you sure? And he said, yes, he had a face like this guy over here. <laughs> a round face. A round face like yeah. this guy over here. And then he was asked, how sure are you on a scale of one to 10? And he said, eight. Now, the Vallejo Police Department does not consider that a positive identification. I spoke with Lieutenant Joanne West, then again when she was captain. She did the research on this issue for me, dug through the files, and got me a straight answer about that because the people who were putting that story out there weren't giving us all of the information. 
police did not believe that Majot's identification was reliable or accurate. In 1969, Majot provided a description of the killer, which did not match Allen or his appearance at the time. In a 2007 interview, Majot said that he hoped the killer would someday be identified, although he had already identified Allen as the killer, and Allen died in 1992. The evidence did not indicate that Allen was responsible for the Zodiac crimes or for the Zodiac letters. Handwriting experts concluded that Allen did not write the letters. A fingerprint believed to be the Zodiacs did not match Allen. Allen did not match descriptions provided by eyewitnesses, and a palm print found on a Zodiac letter did not match Allen. A police officer who reportedly saw the Zodiac near a crime scene stated that the man was not Arthur Lee Allen. Epstein's theory that the third and fourth Zodiac attacks were the work of copycats was not supported by evidence and relied on many implausible scenarios. The theory that the Zodiac letters were forged by a journalist or someone working in law enforcement ignored important facts about the crimes. Several handwriting experts had concluded that one person was responsible for the original Zodiac letters. During the third Zodiac attack, the killer left a handwritten message on the victim's car, and a handwriting expert concluded that the writer of the Zodiac letters was responsible for the message on the car door. The bootprints of the killer led from the crime scene to the message on the car. After the fourth Zodiac attack, the killer mailed a letter accompanied by a piece of the victim's blood-stained shirt. Handwriting experts concluded that the letter was written by the author of the Zodiac letters. The handwriting was directly linked to the killer, and Epstein failed to present any credible evidence implicating any journalist or investigator in the forgery of Zodiac letters. The facts indicated that the most logical and plausible explanation was that one man was responsible for the crimes and the letters. Other scenarios required many coincidences, conspiracies, and copycat killers. Myth number seven. The Zodiac crimes were linked to the Manson family. Charles Manson and his family of killers became famous after a brutal series of murders in Southern California. Some of the family members had left messages written in blood at the crime scenes. Charles Manson and other family members spent time in the San Francisco Bay Area, leading some to speculate that Manson and the family were somehow connected to the Zodiac murders. A report written by Department of Justice Special Agent Mel Nikolai stated that the Zodiac investigation included an examination of all male members of the Charles Manson family. San Francisco Police Inspector Bill Armstrong traveled to Los Angeles to investigate the possible Zodiac-Manson connection, but found no evidence to support the theory. In his book, The Family, author Ed Sanders noted that Inyo County District Attorney Frank Fowles had investigated the possible Zodiac-Manson connection, but offered no evidence 
that any connection existed. Conspiracy radio host May Brussel speculated that the Manson murders were part of a government plot, including brainwashing, satanic cults, and the CIA. Brussel theorized that the same group of sinister conspirators was also responsible for the Zodiac killings in California and the Son of Sam shootings in New York. Zodiac Manson conspiracy theorist Howard Davis claimed that the brother of one Manson victim had hired private investigators who uncovered evidence that the Manson family was responsible for the Zodiac crimes. Davis also claimed that a pristine source in the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office revealed that the original investigation into the Manson murders had uncovered evidence linking Manson to Zodiac, including the hooded costume worn by the Zodiac during the stabbing at Lake Berryessa. According to Davis, his source also stated that authorities in Southern California conspired to conceal this important evidence. The alleged Zodiac Manson suspect, Bruce Davis, was convicted for the murders of music teacher Gary Hinman and ranch hand Shorty Shea. Howard Davis claimed that those behind the cover-up feared that another trial would somehow jeopardize the previous convictions. A Zodiac prosecution would not somehow undo Bruce Davis's previous murder convictions. Manson prosecutor Vincent Buyosi dismissed the conspiracy claims. I've heard allegations, Michael, about this, but I don't know of any evidence at all that Manson was connected with Zodiac. The story is that someone who was involved in the prosecution came across evidence from one of the Zodiac crimes, namely a hood and some other things, and realized what it was and what it meant and everything, and then not only conspired to cover it up, but hired some legal expert to consult and tell them to cover it up and then have Bruce Davis's file sealed. Oh my God, that's preposterous. It certainly wasn't I, and I was the head guy. Uh, what you're talking about is a crime, really? obstruction of justice. So that's pure, unadulterated insanity. I have never heard the preposterous allegation that you just mentioned there. The well, so the person ever... names names. The person says that it was... Well, first of all, this person says that his brother-in-law worked for the DA's office at that time and was part of this conspiracy. Oh, my God. And that oh. DA Younger was involved. Oh, that that's just so... Just prepos- We're talking about crimes. It'd be for, for no reason. If Manson committed more murders than the Manson murders, why would anyone want to protect him on that? Who's name and name? What names are they mentioning? Well, that's the thing. See, the, the are person... Are they saying that I knew this? No, exactly the opposite, that it was all around you and kept from you. <laughs> I just find the allegation absolutely inconceivable. The story is that this evidence was found, I guess, in one of the searches of the ranch in Inyo County. I can't remember uh-huh. the name of it. Well, there was, there was Barker Ranch up there, and there was also Myers Ranch. And that it was the Zodiac hood with the crossed circle on the front. Really? But what they're saying is that, you know, a bunch of people in the office discussed this and then hired a consultant to tell them what to do, and that it was decided because it was too expensive and it was too risky that they might lose Bruce Davis on some other charge, and they decided to have Bruce Davis's file sealed and apparently the evidence just destroyed or evaporated or whatever and that this secret has not only been kept all these years but that it's something that everybody knows and, and won't let out. Oh no, no, no. 
that's just God doesn't. As I say, I've heard an allegation that uh, maybe Manson was involved in the uh, Zodiac killing. It's just that vague general allegation. But this is very specific. You're talking. Yes. This is going way, way beyond that into a specific evidence and a massive cover-up and uh, names and this, people. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever heard that. It's just preposterous on its face, and it obviously it's 100% wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if if somebody wanted to seal a file such as Bruce Davis's file, mm-hmm. wouldn't that involve a judge? Of course. So they would have to get a judge? You're talking about a massive conspiracy here, but we're talking, uh, just about what you told me, many, many people being involved for no believable reason. They'd they'd be committing a crime, number one, and to further no uh, believable end, or, or no end that makes any sense. It's preposterous on its face. The so-called pristine source inside the LADA's office was identified, and he denied that he ever made such statements to Howard Davis. He dismissed the conspiracy tale as absurd and said, I can't believe that whoever suggested it has any credibility whatsoever. He further described Howard Davis as a nut job, also known for some, quote, extraordinarily bizarre and fanciful so-called investigative insight into the Mormon church. In 1977, Davis and others published a book titled Who Really Wrote the Book of Mormon Book, which claimed that the Book of Mormon was a work of plagiarism. Davis claimed that he and his co-authors had received death threats and that the Mormon church was trying to seize control of the U.S. economy. Howard Davis said, I'm dead serious about this, but our lives are definitely in danger. Please don't think we're afraid. We are not afraid. Trying to fight a multi-million dollar organization that is trying to take over the economy of the United States. The Zodiac-Manson connection remains a popular myth and a common theory on many websites. But the available evidence does not indicate that Charles Manson and his followers were involved in the Zodiac crimes. Myth number six. The Zodiac killed dozens of victims. In his letters and in telephone calls to the police, the Zodiac claimed credit for six specific crimes and mentioned one other attack but did not identify the victim. During the phone call to the Vallejo Police Department after the shooting at Blue Rock Springs Park, the caller claimed that he was responsible for that attack and also said that he had killed some kids last year an apparent reference to the murders on Lake Herman Road. In his first two letters, the Zodiac described the shootings on Lake Herman Road and at Blue Rock Springs Park. At the scene of the stabbing at Lake Berryessa, the attacker left a handwritten message on the door of a victim's car, which included the dates of the two shootings with the date of the knife attack. In the letter sent after the murder of cab driver Paul Stein, the Zodiac claimed that he had killed Stein and the people in the North Bay area, an apparent reference to the previous attacks. 
after media reports linked him to the unsolved murder of Riverside City College student Sherry Jo Bates. The Zodiac wrote, I do have to give them credit for stumbling across my Riverside activity, but they're only finding the easy ones. There are a hell of a lot more down there. After media reports linked him to the failed abduction of a pregnant woman and her 10-month-old daughter, the Zodiac sent another letter about a rather interesting ride with a woman and her baby. Another letter asked that Bay Area residents wear Zodiac buttons. The Zodiac stated he was angered when citizens did not comply with his demand. He wrote that he had punished the people by shooting a man sitting in a parked car, but he did not identify the victim. A report prepared by the California Department of Justice included a list of possible Zodiac victims. Robert Graysmith's book Zodiac included a list of possible victims, and the book cover stated that the killer was possibly responsible for as many as 50 murders. Speculation about the actual number of Zodiac victims was complicated by the killer's habit of including a box score at the end of some of the letters, which featured the killer's crossed circle symbol and a number, followed by SFPD, zero. One of the last known Zodiac letters featured a box score of 37, leading to the assumption that the killer had claimed 37 victims. The true meaning of the box score remains unknown. Amateur sleuths, reporters, crime buffs, and others have tried to link the Zodiac to other crimes. Sonoma County Sergeant Butch Carlstead made headlines with his theory that the Zodiac was responsible for many murders across the country and that the locations of the crime scenes formed a giant Z on a map of the United States. Despite the many theories and the Zodiac's vague references to possible unidentified victims, the available evidence does not connect the killer to crimes other than the original six cases traditionally attributed to the Zodiac. Myth number five. The Zodiac took credit for crimes he did not commit. The Zodiac's habit of including a box score at the end of some letters was understandably interpreted by many observers as a victim count. Media reports repeatedly linked the Zodiac to many unsolved crimes despite the fact that the evidence did not establish any connection. The Zodiac did not deny or confirm his involvement in any other crimes despite ongoing news reports suggesting that he was responsible. The evidence demonstrates that the Zodiac only took credit for six specific crimes, the murders on Lake Herman Road, the shootings at Blue Rock Springs Park, the stabbings at Lake Berryessa, the murder of a cab driver in San Francisco, the murder of Sherry Jo Bates in Riverside, and the failed abduction of Kathleen Johns in March 1970. All of the suspected Zodiac crimes remain unsolved, and the identity of the real killer remains unknown. Some theorists have interpreted some Zodiac statements as an indication that he was claiming credit for other crimes. The available evidence does not connect the Zodiac to any other attacks, 
while the killer did allude to other crimes. The available evidence does not indicate that he ever tried to claim responsibility for any crime which he did not commit. Myth number four. Police were about to arrest the prime suspect, but he died. In 1994, the San Francisco Chronicle published a story written by writer McDowell regarding retired police officer Harvey Hines and his suspect, Larry Kane. Vallejo Police Captain Roy Conway dismissed the suspect and said, I believe, as I always have, that the Zodiac was Arthur Lee Allen. If I could show Harvey what evidence we have on Allen today, he would get off this kick immediately. Unfortunately, I can't do that for legal reasons. Conway further claimed, if Allen were alive today, we would file charges against him as the Zodiac. Unfortunately, we ran out of time making a case against him, and he died. Retired Department of Justice agent Fred Shirasago disagreed and said, Arthur Lee Allen is not the Zodiac. If Conway had any evidence proving Allen was the Zodiac, he would have shown it to the DOJ, which he hasn't. When Allen was alive, Vallejo District Attorney Mike Nail was not impressed by the evidence against him and said, I really suspect that nothing's going to come of it. At the time of Allen's death, the Vallejo Police Department had not produced any credible evidence to implicate Allen in the Zodiac crimes. Allen's estranged friend, Don Chaney, claimed that Allen had once confessed his desire to commit crimes, write letters, and call himself Zodiac. Don Chaney later embellished and invented more stories about Allen, and even retired Vallejo detective George Boward concluded that Don Chaney was not a credible witness. Handwriting experts had also concluded that Allen did not write the Zodiac letters, including letters which claimed credit for the murder of Darlene Farron at Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo. The only alleged link between this crime and Arthur Lee Allen was an unreliable eyewitness identification from surviving victim Michael Majot. This evidence did not justify filing criminal charges against Allen for the Farron murder, the only crime within the jurisdiction of the Vallejo Police Department, and therefore the only crime they had jurisdiction to charge Arthur Lee Allen. Responsible prosecutors would not pursue charges against Allen based on the available evidence, and any reasonably competent defense attorney could easily win an acquittal in a court of law. Myth number three. The Zodiac called a TV show with attorney Melvin Belli. In his book, Zodiac Unmasked, author Robert Graysmith told readers that the Zodiac called the home of attorney Melvin Belli and declared, today's my birthday. According to Graysmith, this call occurred on December 18th, the birth date of his suspect, Arthur Lee Allen. The film adaptation of Graysmith's books included a scene which showed investigators sharing this information with Graysmith. 
Another scene includes a reenactment of a television broadcast featuring Melvin Belli and host Jim Dunbar talking with a caller who claimed to be the Zodiac. On October 22, 1969, someone placed a telephone call to the Oakland Police Department and claimed to be the Zodiac. The caller demanded that attorneys Melvin Belli or F. Lee Bailey appear on the Bay Area talk show hosted by Jim Dunbar. Belli lived in San Francisco, near the television station, so Belli appeared for the broadcast. A man called into the TV show and used the name Sam during the subsequent conversation. Belli also spoke with the man off the air, but police were unable to trace Sam's calls, and the identity of the caller remained unknown. After the broadcast, police played recordings of Sam's voice for the three people who had spoken to the Zodiac. Surviving victim Brian Hartnell and police dispatchers David Slate and Nancy Slover all agreed that Sam was not the Zodiac. Weeks later, a Zodiac letter arrived at Belli's home, accompanied by a piece of a victim's bloodstained shirt. After the resulting publicity, Sam began calling Belli's home. Police set up a trace and eventually discovered that the calls originated from a mental hospital. An FBI report dated February 14, 1970, stated that the telephone calls to Belli's home had been traced to a patient at the hospital, and authorities concluded that he was not the Zodiac. In the film Zodiac, Robert Graysmith cites the December 18th birthday call to Belli's home and shows a copy of Arthur Lee Allen's driver's license to San Francisco police inspector David Toskey. The fictional Toskey seemed impressed by this evidence, but the real-life Toskey knew that the person who called Belli's home was not the Zodiac. The facts indicated that one individual placed the calls to the Dunbar show, but the movie Zodiac suggested that two different people were responsible for these calls. The official documents demonstrate that police did not believe that the individual who called Melvin Belli's home was the Zodiac. The FBI files demonstrate that the individual who called Melvin Belli's home was identified, and that person was not Graysmith's suspect, Arthur Lee Allen. Myth number two, the Zodiac investigators did not cooperate. During a 2007 appearance on the television crime series America's Most Wanted, author Robert Graysmith told host John Walsh, I really wanted this guy caught, John, and he was giving us so much information. The clues were so tantalizing. I realized the police departments of the different counties were not sharing. So as a private citizen, I realized I could go places they couldn't and get information. Graysmith and other amateur sleuths often claimed that jurisdictional conflicts somehow hindered the investigation and permitted the killer to escape justice. In the film Zodiac, Graysmith's character is given brief access to the Vallejo police reports 
and scours the files for information he later gives to San Francisco Police Inspector David Toski. The film implies that Toski was unable to read the files himself, when, in fact, Toski was given a copy of the Vallejo Police Files and had full access to the information gathered by the various agencies involved in the investigation. In another scene in the film, the character of Vallejo Detective Jack Mullinax complains about a lack of cooperation from the San Francisco investigators. All of the available evidence indicated that the various law enforcement agencies drawn into the hunt for the Zodiac cooperated and shared information. The overwhelming majority of those involved in the actual investigations have said that virtually everyone cooperated and shared information on a regular basis. A few individuals claimed that others had failed to share information, but they did not provide any specific examples and did not explain how these specific failures had ever hindered the investigation. Police reports, FBI files, and other documents produced during the decades of investigation reveal that virtually all of the various agencies involved had access to virtually all of the available information regarding the crimes attributed to the Zodiac and the investigations conducted by the various law enforcement agencies involved. In 1969, Department of Justice agent Mel Nikolai was assigned to coordinate the investigations and facilitate the cooperation of the various agencies involved. Nikolai's reports repeatedly stated that the various investigators were made aware of new information, and the retired agent later said that stories of infighting, jurisdictional jealousies, and a lack of cooperation were not true. You obviously worked with all of the departments involved. Right. Did you feel that they cooperated with each other? Oh, yeah. It seems that way from your reports and their reports, but, you know, the story that people always tell is that there was jealousies and competitions. Oh, yeah, that, that's just a bunch of bullshit. I don't know where that came from. Narlow and, and Armstrong were very good uh, from Napa and San Francisco PD and Hardwick, our outfit. We all worked together. And from your report, it seems like there's information going both ways. And yeah. Everybody was sharing. Myth number one. The Zodiac knew and stalked his victims. On the night of the shooting at Blue Rock Springs Park, Michael Majot and Darlene Farron were sitting in a car when they noticed another vehicle arrived. A man stepped out of the vehicle and shined a bright light into Darlene's car. Michael and Darlene speculated that the man was a police officer until he opened fire with a gun. They were shot several times before the man finally left the scene. Michael survived, but Darlene was pronounced dead on arrival at a local hospital. Police investigated the possibility that Darlene was killed by someone she knew, including her ex-husband and others. Investigators searched for any information which indicated that anyone had any reason to kill Darlene, and her family, friends, co-workers, and others 
were asked if anyone had been bothering or threatening her. Some people noted that one man named George had been harassing Darlene at her place of work. Police investigated, and the man's wife claimed that she was with George at the time of the shooting at Blue Rock Springs Park. One myth that I think that everybody can relate to is this uh, Zodiac New Darlene Farron myth. Something that seems to have gotten a tremendous amount of play over the last 20 years to the point where it becomes a linchpin of most people's theories. This notion that Darlene Farron was being stalked by a mysterious stranger in the weeks and months before she was killed. That she had witnessed a murder. None of these things have any basis in fact. As a matter of fact, all of the people, well I shouldn't say all of the people, the two people who started to tell these stories in the early 80s and late 70s were asked in the days, weeks, months, and years after the murder of Darlene Farron, did you know anybody who was bothering Darlene? I mean, it's the standard homicide question, right? Do you know anybody who would have any reason to harm Darlene? And the answer was no. The only person that anybody mentioned was this mysterious man named George Waters, whose name has been rather secretive for quite some time until I saw it in the movie last night. Um, Grace Smith's writing it down on a piece of paper. I don't think George knows that he's in the movie. But George was a man who hung around Darlene's place of work and apparently was rather fixated on her and spent a lot of time asking her out and she spent a lot of time turning him down. And he apparently wouldn't take no for an answer and after she was killed, virtually everybody who was asked, can you think of anybody who was bothering Darlene? It was George Waters and no one else. George Waters was cleared by the Vallejo Police Department no other potential stalkers were identified during the investigation. Months after the murder, some members of Darlene's family met with celebrity psychic Joseph DeLuise. Darlene's mother told DeLuise that Darlene had made a cryptic remark just hours before she died, saying, you might read about me in the papers tomorrow. Darlene's mother had not mentioned this potentially important information during any of her conversations with police. Later, Darlene's sisters claimed that she had been part of a satanic cult, had known other Zodiac victims, and had been stalked by a man who committed a previous murder. The sisters never mentioned this seemingly important information to the investigators who were searching for Darlene's killer. Over the years, more stories circulated that the killer had known Darlene and that he had even attended a party in her home. These stories were later repeated as fact in Robert Graysmith's 1986 book, Zodiac. Darlene's sister Pam appeared in numerous interviews on television shows such as The Sally Jesse Raphael Show and Geraldo Rivera's tabloid TV series, now it can be told. She claimed that Darlene had known another Zodiac victim, was part of a satanic cult, witnessed a murder, and was killed to prevent her from identifying the killer. Well, the night that uh, she was killed, she had come over to the house, my mom and dad's house, and I was there with the little baby. I, he was only 10 days old. She had told my mom that to uh, remember that killing I told you about a few years ago, well, it's going to be in the paper tomorrow, so don't be surprised. 
with that in mind, I looked at Darlene and I said, what are you talking about? And she said, never mind, Pam, you get home with that baby. You shouldn't be out. So my dad comes walking in the room and he says, Darlene, are you scaring mom with those horror stories again? You get out of here and get home. So with that, she leaves. She doesn't tell her story because she ends up dead at approximately 10 after 12. But we found out that this was a premonition. I believe she was going to die based on the fact that someone had been stalking her. I believe that, that the man that killed her is the man that killed Sherry Jo Bates also, which is a stabbing that she's seen. She's seen him get ki her get killed. So that's and, why he was stalking her. Right. She knew Sherry Jo. Why, if she thought this was a man following her, why didn't she go to the police? Again, I ask you this. Because she probably either seen it or she knew about it and he was either doing something to keep her occupied not to tell or she was either afraid and when it got down to when he killed Betty Lou which was the girl that Darlene used to babysit for and her parents say no but I believe that she did she knew Betty Lou then he kills Betty Lou then he kills uh, the other two then he becomes the Zodiac she was deliberate she was the key to this whole thing when the occult thing started hitting our family and everyone, maybe she had witnessed a killing uh, down in San Francisco. And then it even crossed all of our mind that she had seen Betty Lou Jensen get killed on Lake Herman Road. Pam also claimed that someone broke into her home, knocked her unconscious, and stole important evidence which supported her various claims. Surviving victim Michael Mageau told police that he and Darlene were sitting in the car when the killer walked up and opened fire without warning. Michael said that the man did not speak before, during, or after the shooting. In his book, Graysmith wrote that Pam claimed that Majot later said the killer had chased he and Darlene to the crime scene and then called out Darlene's nickname, D, just before the shooting started. Michael Majot and Pam never shared this information with investigators. The sensational stories about Darlene Ferret became popular myths repeated by many amateur sleuths. New theories claimed connections between Darlene and various suspects, adding to the confusion surrounding the actual circumstances of her murder. During many media interviews, Robert Graysmith claimed that his suspect, Arthur Lee Allen, had known and stalked all of the Zodiac victims. The prime suspect in the case, the man who actually was the, the first suspect who knew all the victims, who stalked them, who had the skills and intelligence to write the letters and to commit the crimes. Graysmith's books did not contain any evidence to support these claims. Allen's estranged friend, Don Cheney, read Graysmith's books and then began telling a new story about Allen and Zodiac victim Darlene Farron. According to Cheney, he and Allen went to the restaurant where Darlene worked. Allen pointed to Darlene and expressed interest in her. Cheney also told many new stories and claimed that Allen had taken him to a Zodiac crime scene, bragged that he was actually hired to kill Darlene and discussed his plans to abduct young women. By 2007, 
Cheney's ever-changing tales caused many of his original supporters to question his credibility. Retired Vallejo police detective George Boward said that he no longer believed Cheney was a credible witness. Without the stories told by Pam, Robert Graysmith, and Don Cheney, the available evidence indicated that Arthur Lee Allen did not know any of the Zodiac victims. The original investigation of the Zodiac crimes included efforts to discover any link between the victims and the killer. The evidence indicates that the killer did not know his victims and that he selected them at random. Like many other infamous crime stories, the Zodiac mystery is retold and recreated by different narrators with different viewpoints and agendas. The fact-based portrait of the real-life Zodiac is often overshadowed by a modern myth. Zodiac, A to Z. Written and produced by Michael Butterfield. Zodiac Voice by John Knight. Zodiac, A to Z. Produced for ZodiacKillerFacts.com.